This summer, as we were talking about heroes, and um, it, this is a good one, really. Talk about why is Gideon? Why is Gideon a hero? Why is Gideon a hero? And uh, we're, we're hearing a bit of the story of Gideon, and and it's interesting, really, the context that Gideon was in because he grew up in an occupied country. Um, he grew up in a country where the Midianites had occupied the country for a long time. And they controlled everything. They, they decided, basically, who was allowed to eat and who wasn't allowed to eat. And they'd been doing that for a long time. And when Gideon first met the angel of God, he was actually threshing grain in secret. Because had the Midianites discovered that he was threshing grain, they'd have simply come down and taken it off him. Uh, and they decided. So it was real oppression. But here's the thing. Gideon comes through this crisis, doesn't he? The angel comes up to Gideon and he says, you're a mighty warrior. And he goes, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm a very small bloke in a very small family in the smallest tribe in, in the whole of Israel. So he's, but God shows him. It says, look, I'm God. And he says, prove it. And Gideon and the angel uh, makes a burnt offering come to fire. And then, and then so Gideon goes out and he starts a campaign, which starts, interestingly enough, in his hometown. And he goes and he tears down the altars of the false gods. And all the people really reacted to that and said, why is he doing this? Why is he, why is he, why is he doing this? But Gideon was responding to God's call. But then he has another crisis when he gets called to, to open up an army, to got an army. So he lays a fleece on the ground and says to God, look, if all the ground round about is dry and the fleece is wet, then I'll know you're calling me. And the next morning it is. However, not sufficient. Could be coincidence. So I'll tell you what we'll do. If the fleece is dry and all the ground round about is wet, then I'll know. And it is. So he moves on. And then he has an army, and it's a lot of people, 30 plus thousand. And God whittles it down to 300, and he has a bit of a crisis. Now, the Bible, we've read, we've read the story of this bit, and it doesn't actually say he has a crisis, but I think we can assume he did, because God says to him, off you go down and see what they're all saying about you. Okay, now I know that that would cause a crisis for me, um, so, and, 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 but he still went. He still went. And what he discovered was that there was an army of people so huge you could barely see one end to the other, and they were all frightened. And that was a big surprise. And so Gideon gets on and does what he needs to do, and we know the end of the story. And that's a fab thing, isn't it? So how does that make Gideon a hero? Okay, three things. There's a lot more in this, but we're going to look at three. Here's the first one. Gideon doubts like the rest of us. But when God shows him, he takes his word and moves on. He moves on. And to me, that makes him a hero. He moves on. He takes God at his word. So, he doubts that it's God talking, but when he discovers that it is God talking, he doesn't 
do nothing, he takes action. And he cleans up his town, symbolically cleaning up his life, getting rid of the false gods. And then when, it's a, when he's called to be a warrior, he has his doubts. Who wouldn't? He has his doubts. But when God shows him that he really means it, he does what he says. And the last story we just heard. And what, what makes Gideon a hero here is that he has doubts, but he doesn't go round and round and round and round with the same doubt, year in, year out, year in, year out, no matter what God does, no matter what encouragement they get, they never ever move on from the first doubt. And yet I know, and maybe you've been there, I know I have. We can end up where we just get lost in our first doubt, and we never actually move on. We just question it, and question it, and question it, and question it, and it just goes round and round. What makes Gideon a hero was this. Yes, he doubted. Who doesn't? But when God spoke, he moved on. Did that make him free of doubt? No. Did it make him free of that doubt? Yes. Progress. What a hero. What a hero. What doubt do you go round and round and round and round and round in? Do you go round in one? Have you got a, have you got a favorite doubt? <laughs> okay. I, if, if, this, if this was a different kind of church, I'd be going, look to your neighbor and tell them your favorite doubt right now. <laughs> okay. But, but let's be honest. People have their favorite doubts. And they just go round and round and round and round, and they never move on. Gideon doubted like the rest of us. But when God spoke, he moved on. He had more doubts, but he didn't have that doubt. He had a new doubt. How good. You know, this is encouraging people. Listen, if you've discovered a new doubt, it's a sign of progress. (laughs) How good is that? That's not difficult, is it? Well, I, frankly, I'm doubtful of this. Good. You mean you're not doubtful of this anymore? Oh, no, I've moved on from that. Progress. Gideon's a hero because he doubts, but he believes God and moves on. Now, okay, I'm not suggesting that the entire Christian life is just lurching from one new doubt to another, but sometimes it feels like that, let's be honest. And that's okay because our God is a gracious God. And we're not told not to doubt. We're told that when we doubt, we take God at his word. And what Gideon does is he moves on. And that's a heroic thing to do. We can all be heroes like that. Okay, so this is the second thing that Gideon does, which is fantastic. Gideon does what it takes to move on. So he has his doubt and he's going to move on. What does the move on involve? Every time Gideon has a doubt conversation with God, it results in him taking action. So the first time round, he goes down to the village altar, the village shrine, and he pulls it down and he makes a stand. The second time, he actually, even though he's the least in the family of the least tribe, he actually musters an army. 
which took some doing. You know, if you're some big name celebrity and you call people out, maybe you have confidence they turn up. If you're somebody nobody's ever heard of, big risk. That was Gideon. But he took the action. And the final one was that when he heard that God was making the opposition army afraid, he led his people. So every time God spoke, Gideon acted. Gideon did. Okay, now, why does that make him a hero? It makes him a hero because a lot of us in our Christian life, we make an art form of prevarication. So, in other words, we hear, we know, and then we kind of want to hear again and um, know. And having done that, we want to, well, mostly hear again and know. And we get to the point where we're back round to the same doubt again because we haven't done anything. We've done a lot of talking, a lot of praying, a lot of moaning. Well, that's if it's me, a lot of moaning. But we haven't actually bit the bullet and done it. And what makes Gideon a hero is that he's, he faces the doubt and then he does the deed. And how come he moves on from the doubt? He moves on from the doubt because he does what he needs to do. Does that mean that he's then excused another doubt? No. Does that mean he's excused another difficult task? No. In fact, it feels a bit relentless, doesn't it? But he doesn't have that doubt anymore, and he doesn't have to face that giant again because he's moved on. And that makes him a hero. He's a hero because he does that. He's not a hero because he wears his armor and because he's military or any of those things. He's a hero because inside he behaves heroically. He has doubt, but he still does. That makes him a hero. Gideon's a real hero. Here's the third thing that makes Gideon a hero, which I think is fantastic. It's this, that he gives God glory publicly. Gideon gives God glory publicly. He nails his colors to the mast. He signs his name at the bottom of the sheet. He puts on the embarrassing t-shirt. He does, he acknowledges. He does this with his immediate family. He goes and he pulls down the altar of the false gods in the village and everybody says, well, who's done this? It was Gideon. He publicly made a stand in the center of his own family and his own community. That's a brave thing to do, isn't it? But more than that, he made a stand in the public eye. He stands up, even though there are two sets of opposition. There are people who don't want to cause trouble with the Midianites, and there are the Midianites who frankly have the power to crush whoever sticks their head above the parapet. And yet he still makes a stand. And he does it in the face of his enemies. We discover none of this is underground. By the time he gets to the army, even the common soldiers know who Gideon is. So he makes a public stand. Gideon is open about the fact that he is following God. 
He doesn't take the easy option and say, we can all do it together, which of course they couldn't because if they could, they'd have done it by then. Or, yes, it's community that's doing this. It wasn't. It was God that was doing this. It's Gideon's victory. No, it's not. It's God giving victory. And this is key. So here's the question for us with this, is can we be like Gideon and acknowledge Jesus publicly? Can we do that? Or are we an underground organization? Jesus said this, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever doesn't, whoever disowns me before others, I'll disown before my Father. Jesus was always very direct. But here's another word. So Gideon doubts and then trusts God. He knows what it looks like logically, and he trusts God. And we know the verse, don't we, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We all know that verse, don't we? A lot of us will know that verse. It's in Proverbs 3. Let's finish the verse, shall we? Always a good hermeneutical thing to do. Let's finish it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Part one, part two. Gideon took God at His word and acted and then acknowledged God in the action. He's a hero. We need to be a heroic church. We need to publicly be acknowledging Jesus. We, need, we, we are not a secret society. We're called to be brave. So here's the question. Do you go around with the same doubt? Do you have a favorite doubt? Have you become good friends with your favorite doubt? Do you take it out regularly whenever anything seems a bit challenging or difficult? Or frankly, whenever you're faced up with something that you know is not right but you really like to do? Tony Campolo once said, whenever young people come to me, this is what he says in a book, he says, whenever young people come to me and say that they're having a crisis of faith, he says, I basically conclude, excuse me if I'm being controversial, this is what he says, he says, I basically conclude that they're considering having sex with somebody outside of marriage. That's what he says. In other words, there isn't a crisis of faith. I'm being a bit harsh to young people because, frankly, I know adults who do that with me, so, and have, have been up and down that road. But here's the thing. I have a crisis about whether God has a plan for my life, and there isn't. It isn't. It's, I've already seen what God's plan for my life is, and it kind of takes me away from the things that I think I want. Well, that's not the crisis of faith. That's the crisis of preference. That's about what you want as opposed to what God is offering. So let's, let's be clear. Do we go round and round and round and round and round these same things? Do we have insecurities that we can't let go? Do we have difficulties that we just don't overcome because we never move on from them? There's a challenge. We never actually do what we need to do. There's an obedient step, but we never move on from the doubt because we never resolve it. We never take it on. Can I just tell you, here's the thing. I was once asked to do something. Um, two things. Number one, I didn't want to do it. 
And number two, I didn't think I would be able to. So I didn't. And, and God kept prompting me, and I kept having doubts about whether God was equal to this challenge. So I stopped being worrying about whether I was equal to the challenge. I knew I wasn't, but whether God was. And I went round and round and round it for a long time. Too long, really. Have you ever had that? Where you do something finally and you think, I should have done this a year ago, or two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, I do that. Anyway, here's the thing. When I went to the people who were asking and said, yes, okay, I will do that, the doubt went. Now, don't get me wrong, the fear arrived, (laughs) but the doubt went. It was actually quite easy to move on from doubt. Once you're committed, it's kind of too late to doubt. It's now time to be afraid. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Let's let's, Let's be clear here. But actually, it was too late to doubt because I'd committed. And that was amazing. And there's the challenge. Sometimes we face a difficult life choice. We want this, we know this is right. We want this, we know this is right. We've got to do what's right. Do we ever do it? Last thing, though, is do we have an issue with opening our mouths and saying, Jesus, as a church, as individuals, as a group together, do we have an issue with that? Because if we do, we need to get over it. Because the promise is this, that if we want to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding, then we have to have lives which in all their ways acknowledge Him. And sometimes we are very good at the good deed acknowledgement, but not the word acknowledgement. Because the word acknowledgement is the scary bit, because the Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. That means that every demon that hears you speak the name of Jesus has to dip his knee and he hates you for it. And he will stir up anybody to give you a hard time, potentially. That means everybody whose heart is in rebellion, their heart for a split second has to dip. And potentially they hate you for it. You can't use the name of Jesus and not get a reaction. That's the issue. However, there is another side of this, which is sometimes that the truth of the authority of Jesus convicts people and they find it attractive and want to know more. So it's not, trust me, it's not all negative because ultimately Jesus has the victory. Amen. But it's at the name of Jesus. And that is a spiritual battle. Gideon faced a battle his battle was inside. As he, as he discovered with the army, Gideon had already won the battle because God had beaten the enemy before he got there. The battle was actually getting to the battle. Does that make sense? Gideon was a real hero. Fantastic. I, I'm excited by him. And I'm just saying this to you and me. We are called to be heroes too. We are called to be heroic, not to run round going round the same doubt, the same doubt, the same doubt, the same doubt, or playing with the same behavior and the same behavior and the same behavior and the same behavior, or the door opening 
to mention Jesus and then closing again. And opening to mention Jesus and closing again. And opening to mention Jesus and closing again. And nothing being said. We are challenged. I know I'm being challenging today. But here's the thing. Heroism, heroism is about stepping out when we're scared. Heroism doesn't avoid fear. Gideon was afraid at every stage, but he did what he had to do. I don't know you. I'm familiar with fear. Are you familiar with fear? Yeah, 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 I'm good with fear. We're old buddies. Sometimes he wins, sometimes I win. Um, when he wins, he gloats, and I sort of kind of creep away. When I win, I kind of know he's going to come back again. It's a bit relentless. But Jesus' victory is one that really wins through. So the challenge for us is, are we going to be heroes like Gideon? Because in the end, Gideon took on an entire nation. And he won because God intervened. We have a town. We love this town. We love the people in this town. We want to see their lives transformed in Jesus. We want to see them set free. We have a nation. We love this nation for all its ups and downs. And we want to see the people in it set free. We know this planet needs Jesus. What we need is heroes. Are we a church of heroes? If there are issues that you feel you want to pray about or talk about, if you think that you're on the road to being a hero and it's time to step up, then get some prayer today and let's talk about it. Because Gideon was a hero and he went from nothing to hero. You and I, we can do the same. Fantastic. Emily, let's have a closing song. And 